You're listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. Here are your hosts, Fran Chismar and Tom Knezic. Today, I am preparing for more bad jokes. Welcome back to The Buzz, brought to you by the Native Plants Healthy Planet Podcast, presented by Pinelands Nursery. I am Fran Chismar. And I'm Tom Knezic, and today is episode 49 of The Buzz. Woo. It is spring. Spring has sprung. It's beautiful weather, and uh, and still no jokes. I'm, I'm no, still, still I, canceled. I'll, but I will say, I, the jokes may have been canceled. But this may be the episode that gets us canceled. This may be the beginning of the end for this podcast. You know, I think uh, – here's the thing. I, th- I think over the last few episodes especially that, you know, everything that has ever been presented on our podcast has always been presented and accepted. Not not saying that that's a good or a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Just a generally agreeable or like – or you, you see the other person's point and you, you just agree. I think – as everyone gets more comfortable doing this, we're having not heated discussions, but we're having more involved discussions yeah. saying, uh, maybe I disagree with yeah. you and maybe this. And I think this is a good time to present this, I think. I, I agree. And um, that reminds me, I forgot to do some homework. I'm going to do it while we're talking. All right. All but, right. Um, awesome. Yeah, it's uh, one of the things we're going to talk about today is a controversial topic. Yeah. It's a very uh, emotional topic is a good way to put it. Yeah. And it really needs to be a logical discussion and i feel like that is definitely missing especially and not not just over this conversation yeah. um this is this is just missing online in general and, and, but um and it, i i agree and here's the thing like it's a very passionate discussion and and when we talk about it there's definitely people that's that speak with passion but they necessarily don't have you know they're behind it 100% but they don't have all the knowledge Mm-hmm. behind why they feel that way they just feel very strongly about it and even though i do feel very strongly about it we work in an industry where sometimes it's necessary and you you see the reason for it so yeah. i kind of i yeah. kind of teeter in the middle and it's hard because between the passion and the knowledge they they both pull you in completely different directions sometimes yeah and and Fran and I are not saying that we have all the knowledge either. No, either. I, I, but, I'm so on. I'm not. But um, but no. And and if you haven't picked up already, we're going to talk about chemicals uh, in the the nursery slash garden trade yeah. and some of the reasons why they're used, and also some of the why you shouldn't always just believe what you read online. Yeah, because there is more to the story. There's two sides of the story, and I think there's I don't want to say the word fabricated. Um, but there's definitely things that are, are exaggerated, sometimes grossly exaggerated, portrayed off or, both sides. Or misinterpreted. And uh, and we are yeah. kind of being a native plant nursery yeah. where we're growing plants that are really going to restoration jobs. They are supposed to, to bolster nature. Yes. We're in a spot where, where we're surrounded by a lot of the, the nature people and yeah. ecologists, environmentalists who feel very strongly one way. And then we're also a part of the nursery trade. I'm a, a board member for the New Jersey Nursery and Landscape Association, in part so I can help bring them to our ecology-focused side. But uh, they have a very different belief about 
about using pesticides and herbicides and those kind of things. So, but before we dive into a lot of that, we this is a buzz episode and it we want to have fun. Because before we bring the mood down, we still want to have some fun with stuff. So we have our normal segments lined up. Um, and this, it's it's like I said, it's spring. We're busy as heck, so we're gonna try and make this a little bit shorter of an episode too. We're yeah. doing a great job already, just taking a huge long preamble. <laughs> That's that probably started. our longest preamble ever. <laughs> but so. so, without any further ado, uh, let's get into what we always start with. That's hot. That's hot. And so, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you. I'm gonna let you go first. I was gonna. I was gonna go first. You can go uh, first. I will go first. Okay. Yeah, you can go first. Go ahead. I have um, something that's starting to bloom right now. Uh, actually, it's probably going to be maybe even post-bloom when this is released. But that's uh, Lindaire Benzoin and Spicebush. Nice. And, you know, and I, I love that I've been seeing that online and in groups that that's a great substitution for Forsythia, yeah. which is invasive. Yeah. And so. that was why I chose it. Is, uh, you have invasive Forsythia, which if you haven't been outside and you live in the mid-Atlantic – um, it, it glows when you get close. You can like it's one of those things. It's the power plant over. No, no, yeah. that's just the forsythia that's that's like lighting up the sky. Yeah. Um, yeah. The if you're driving around, in, uh, I don't want to to um, make everyone think that everything is this, but right now they are just glowing yellow. They're just yeah. covered in yellow flowers. Is forsythia and spice bush is something. It tends to be an understory plant in yes. um, or kind of in our last episode we talked about ecotones. It's something that grows in those kind of conditions, uh, but it also gets nice yellow flowers. It's not going to be covered in yellow flowers no. like a forsythia will, yeah. but it has but it has those yellow flowers and it has so many ecosystem functions that it fulfills oh, as well. Oh, uh, totally. Yeah, I, I don't believe Forsythia really has very many ecosystem functions. And for those of you that don't know it, I think all but one variety originates from Asia, and there's one European variety. So they've been brought here and brought here for so long that I think a lot of people see them and just assume that they're native, but they're not. So Spicebush gives you that early yellow bloom. Mm -hmm. uh, it it kind of gives you that nice substitution. I think I'm trying to remember if it's – if it's a facultative wet or a facultative, it's a, a facultative wet plant here. Yeah. But it, yeah. it's a facultative fac wet, depending where yeah. you are in the country. So it's just. A, um, I tend to see it in like kind of where I see it the most is in the back of our farm. I've talked about it before. Yeah. We kind of have that wet. Um, it's almost a wet meadow, but then you have some some tall trees, a lot of sweet gum trees there. Yeah. But you'll see it in the understory of that. So it's in a wetter area. Yeah. It can take a good amount of shade. And, it, um, and there's places where it's thick with spice bush. It Not may, as much as it was when I was a kid. True, <laughs> but, but, true, there, but it's, it's there. thick with spice bush. Yeah, but and uh, it does make a great tea. And mm -hmm. Dan Duran did just reveal in the last episode yeah. that the it's secret a secret ingredient, ingredient to his chili, yep. which yep. I need to get on the ball and, and give him my super secret <laughs> uh, buffalo yeah. wing sauce. So and, that yeah, we've heard that. how good his chili is from multiple sources. Yeah, so we we need to get this chili recipe. Right. And um, and and Dan's gonna come up and visit. Maybe we'll have him. I don't know if we're gonna want to have chili in June, but yeah, maybe maybe I'll bring in wings too. I've yeah. never given anyone that recipe. Yeah, I've made it for them, but I've never given anyone the recipe. Yeah. So. And and since but I, I'm willing I, to take one for the team. I am gonna put in this disclaimer here yeah. too, because my wife is gonna tell me about it if yeah. I don't. I'm actually not a big chili fan. I find chili to be um. Uh, what's the, I don't, I don't, it's not that I don't think it's good. I just don't love it. It's not my go. Oh yeah. I could really go for a bowl of chili. I never find myself saying that. Here, here's the thing. I, I have to, all right. And again, uh, I'm sidetracking, but 
I've really only started to appreciate chili in the last few years. Now, part of it is I'm not a big fan of beans in general mm-hmm. because of it's textural for me. We can't even get it. I've, now, our, now, all our Texas listeners that you even brought up beans are yeah. going to kill us. Yeah. So we're in, uh, we're in Northeast Mid Atlantic podcast. We use beans in our chili yeah, here. Yeah. I'm so, sorry, Texas. So for for the longest time, I didn't use beans in my chili because I wasn't a mm-hmm. fan of the texture of beans. But lately, I've been adding a small amount. I'm, I'm a fan of the non-bean chili personally, mm-hmm. but I've been adding a small amount. I'm starting to appreciate it. Like my my tastes have changed, and over the last couple of years, where I never was a huge chili fan, I'm starting. Like his mm-hmm. recipe should be hitting me right at the right amount, right time where I'm going to appreciate it. That's so, good. I've That's just good. started tampering. Maybe with Maybe I'll own come chili. around by then. Yeah, but. I've just started tampering with my own chili recipe this year. So that's I'm I'm interested to see what his is. So, so. all right, what what was your plan this week? So I was hoping at this point I thought it was going to be Canada Mayflower because I thought it would had start emerging uh, mm-hmm. when the skunk cabbage did, but it really hasn't started to push out yet. But I did notice the other day as I was walking to the office that our Amalankia are just getting ready to bloom like they're just showing a hint of hint of white so uh, i'm gonna do amelanchier canadensis which we we've discussed on many yeah, podcasts it's an awesome, awesome awesome plant awesome understory tree early blooming white flowers it's called service berry or shad blow service berry because it buried when in new england when the ground had thought enough to bury your dead mm-hmm. or shad blow because it's it flowers when when the, the shad would run and i i was just uh here in a fishing report yesterday and you have shad running up the delaware river here in uh in between new jersey and, and pennsylvania right now yeah so and uh and you're confirming that the shad bush is yeah. starting to bloom yeah so there so, you go yeah there you go perfect Old, timing it's, it's <laughs> history right before our eyes yeah perfect so it is a um facultative gets six to twenty feet uh can be grown as a single stem or a multi-stem the ones here at the office are multi-stem and are probably about 12 to 14 feet tall i'm gonna say and it, it is a great even when it's not in bloom it has a light green leaf it's a little more delicate in in form um you know and i kind of like that about it so that is my that's hot so what do you what do you think that was we got the yeah those quick. are too good and we've been we complained about it long enough it's finally spring so we have things to choose from that's yeah. the biggest thing it's not oh yeah i'm gonna use junipers for Giniana again <laughs> Well, you know, and well, the funny thing is, too, like, I can't remember now that we've done this long enough, I can't remember what we've used because we could have yeah, used something. I feel something. like we had to use Spicebush before. And I could have swore. I didn't that, think about it until I said it. But, and I could have uh, swore we used um, uh, Amelanchier before as well. It's so. okay, though. We're the hosts. We make the rules. Yeah. We can do what we want. Hey, things have multi season interests. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and that's fine. And yeah. I guess that makes Melissa's job easier if she has to do an infographic yeah. and she already <laughs> she has already it done. <laughs> so it makes. But, Makes it all easier. All right, so let's move along to our uh, weekly or bi-weekly version of. Um, well, I really screwed up that intro. Well, let's kick it to, to this, this or that. This is where we give you this week's botany-based current events. There you go. There we go. You can get with this, or you can get with that. All right, so I I was a little shocked at this one, but the winner is by a landslide oh it wasn't even close friend i torched you, you you torched me i even started to do like the Deion sanders high step into the end zone <laughs> <laughs> with a 
a day or two to go and and started to taunt you some. And I even got a pity vote from from your wife. It's it's uh, well, that's not confirmed. It could be a real vote. It could be a real vote, but it was eleven to three. Eleven won. to four. You actually got a last. Oh, did minute I get it last minute? Morning. Okay, yeah. all right. So I hadn't checked. I gave up. Yeah. <laughs> I and, gave up. And for uh, because this is such a competition, we forget where the the series standings are. I have no clue. It's close. <laughs> you more. know, I, I think it's, it's actually almost tied. It's tied, or it's, it's one yeah. one. I think you maybe you won the last two, so. So you get yeah. to choose. You uh, Fran, go? since you complained last time we did this about not going first, I'm going to make you go first. Oh, okay. Did I go first last time? I don't know. I think I did. Uh, All right. No, was... that's that's fine. So um, my article this week is in the Philadelphia Inquirer. And, um, it's a quality paper. Quality paper, yeah. Uh, written by Frank Kummer or Coomer. But, of course, I didn't write down the – the, the name of the the article. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to look it up real fast. It says, uh, oh, it doesn't say yeah, it, in it doesn't link. say it in the something link. Something about the Philadelphia skyline and Comcast and birds and Audubon. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny. What uh, I'll see if I can bring it up. And while it's, we can start talking about it while it's uh, coming up. Uh, let me see here. Oh, I got it. Phil, Philly skyline to get dark at midnight to protect migrating birds, which I saw this and I was that close to doing it and I forgot about it when I went to go put Yeah, and you know, it's, it um, and if, wow, I shouldn't have done that. Now my whole computer's like freezing up. It's okay. Uh, all right, I got it. No, I got it back. Um, so I, I think we, we talk about pollution all the time and the one type of pollution that we never discuss is light pollution. Um which is really hard for for wildlife and um, migrating birds. So um, birds say Philly announced on Thursday, March 11th, that Philadelphia is joining the National Lights Out Initiative, which I didn't realize it was a national initiative at this well, point. I guess I, I don't know. I didn't know. It's So it's a voluntary program which as uh, in which as many external and internal lights in buildings are turned off or dimmed at night during the spring and fall bird migration season so millions of bird annually migrate through philadelphia during spring and fall many are killed when they fly into buildings confused by the bright artificial lights and glass um most major buildings in philly have agreed and the building owners have also asked their tenants to comply as well which isn't mandatory but Mm -hmm. but they asked um the program was announced in march uh and was a result of an october 2nd event when an estimated 1,000 to 1,500 birds flew into buildings in just a three-and-a-half block radius of Center City during overnight mm-hmm. hours. Um, but now over 40 cities have already uh, – they're participating. So, yeah. And and I'm – the one number that really stands out here is that yeah. was 1,000 to 1,500 birds in one night. In one night, this is, yeah. This is like – I didn't realize this is a huge issue until I started seeing some posts about it a couple of years ago. And I'm like, oh, I guess it makes sense, but – I think everyone's probably had that moment where they were really startled because a bird flew into their yeah. their kitchen window or whatever window while they were there. And they're like, what the heck was that? And we actually had a window break because a bird I, flew into it. I, you know, but, last – I'm trying to remember like the last time I took off from work and I was doing a, a webinar from mm-hmm. home, three in one day flew yeah. into my addition windows. You know, and that's that's just my house. Yeah, so, you it's, know? And it's, so it's costly to us as, yeah. as people. Yeah. But it's also it's more costly to the bird because a lot of times it, it's their life yeah. that they pay. Yeah, and I, um, I, I don't think I mentioned the hours. I think it's between twelve uh, midnight and six a.m. that they're they're doing this. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Philadelphia skyline has really changed in the last few years yeah. too. With the, the the two brand new Comcast buildings, like the buildings are getting bigger and brighter. Like we we just keep adding to mm-hmm. it. So 
I, I'm sure that light pollution just keeps getting worse and worse. And I know it's funny because everyone wants to see that beautiful city skyline, but you don't need to see it after midnight. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just go home yeah. <laughs> at that point. Get home I safely. I prefer to not see it at all. This is me yeah. as a country yeah. bumpkin talking, but I prefer to not see it at all. But um, but it, it it is like a... It's like a modern marvel of human innovation. It is yeah. pretty impressive to yeah. see the like New York City skyline yeah. and Philadelphia skyline when you get close to there. It's like it's a, just amazing to think that humans were able to do that in, uh, yeah. and and build things like that, and how many people and how many man hours went into it. It's it's pretty impressive. But no, it's a great point. It's it's something I try and well, another thing I can't yeah. really say. I yeah. try and, I try and practice it with our front porch light. I don't try and practice it. I have a bad habit yeah. of I leave a room. And uh, how do I put this? How I like to put it? Oh, the past is in the past, so I don't even remember the, light, the lights on. I just yeah. missed. I don't hit the switch, and I forget about it, and I won't know. And uh, it's gotten to a point where my wife and I have, instead of her getting mad at me for yeah. leaving the lights on, we have a poltergeist named Geraldo <laughs> <laughs> that, that he leaves the lights on. So we blame him. Well, it's, it's me. I leave the lights on, but uh, and it's not. I don't yeah. purposely do it. I yeah. just, like I said, I'm. I come home from work. I take my shoes off. I flick the light off and light on in the hallway. I walk through. I just don't flick it off on the other side. Yeah. Um, I also can't see in the dark. No. <laughs> but, but I I got to tell you, I, living where yeah. I live, even my street isn't illuminated. There's only one street light at the very end of the street because it's a really bad turn. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you know, and it's more or less to make sure because there were a lot of accidents mm-hmm. before then. So. There's one street light and it's pretty dark and I've grown so accustomed to that. And now we have we have uh, new people that are that are moving in mm-hmm. that aren't from the country originally. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the one neighbor, I, I I swear their light illuminates could illuminate a, fo- a pro football field, mm. you know. And it's it's really weird because I don't at this point I don't know why it's even necessary. Yeah. And yep. they run it till ten o'clock at night or or, or midnight. Yeah. So it's yep. I don't really understand why why people do it. Yeah, you know it's uh like I said, and, and I'm the, another thing that just hit me. This is a big issue, not just for birds, but for insects and um, like street lights are. And if you leave on your porch lights, this is why I don't turn our porch lights on. Um, I do every once in a while, but. Just because I, I don't, and it was, there's no reason I leave the porch lights on when yeah. I do. It's more, my mom always said, oh, you want to leave the lights on when you're home so that people know that you're home. And I'm like, no one's coming to my front porch anyway. I just yeah. leave the lights on to let people know I'm home so I don't get robbed, I guess. Yeah, I, don't, I think but, that's um, it, yeah. But yeah, there's really no point to it. And it's, but especially coming into the spring, summer, fall, insects are naturally attracted to the lights. You, yeah. you When you do leave a, yeah. your porch light on or a light on, see how many insects are just clustered around their moths and, di- and different things. Yeah. And a lot of times they're just circling and circling. They're not doing what they're supposed to do. I've even read studies where I think um, predatory uh, insect eaters like bats will actually key in on those areas yeah. and they know there's a lot of insects there. So they'll actually fly where yeah. there are lights to eat insects and they just kind of pick them off because they're, they're – and there's – no reason for those lights to be on in a lot of cases. Yeah, um, I get it in like on college campuses and, and yeah, uh, public and places. You need them on for, for safety. safety. I get that. But um, but at home usually you, you don't. Um, yeah. So turn the lights off. Yeah, please, please. If the if if they can do it in Center City, Philadelphia, you mm-hmm. can do it at your house. Yeah. All right. What do you got? That's mine. All right. Mine was from uh um, and I'm actually going to thank 
the guy, I don't know if he listens or not, but there's a, a guy on Facebook I see posting a bunch of different pollinator and native plant groups, uh, Jim Laurent. Okay. I hope I'm saying his name right. That should be an easy <laughs> one. Uh, but he posted this, um, and it was from uh, greencities dot, or the greencities.com, also about Philadelphia. Oh, wow. Which okay. is interesting. We have dueling, uh, uh, dueling author- Philadelphia. Wait. There can be only one. <laughs> I haven't played that in a while. <laughs> also uh, authored by uh, Jason Peters. And it basically was saying that Philadelphia is losing trees. Um, you can, And it tends to be, it's not they're going in and cutting down lots of trees. It's they're cutting down a tree here, a tree there. Yeah. It tends to happen the most in North Philly, which if you know Philadelphia, that tends to be a, um, a less uh, prosperous region of yeah. Philadelphia. And basically when you look at the map, richer zip codes have more trees poor zip codes have less trees and some of it goes into just equality poor people poor areas should have access to something as basic of a human right as trees and shade as well so there's a program called uh, the philly tree plan where they have a 10-year plan to basically plant more trees i think they're really focusing on some of these less prosperous areas in philadelphia and it really it has a few big benefits uh number one when you have shade, it keeps the buildings cooler. And they, they found, like, in the heat of the summer, it could be a, a temperature difference as high as 7 degrees. Wow. Which 7 degrees doesn't sound like a lot. That's huge. But think about 85 versus 92. Yeah. Like that, that's yeah, totally. a big, big difference. So you have more shade. The buildings are cooler. Saves you money because your AC is running less if yeah. your building's cooler. Um, so that was a big, big part of it. It lowers air pollution. So there you can see, again, places in the, the rich areas of town where they have more trees well the air is cleaner because they have more trees and then so you have health conditions that are developing in a lot of these poorer areas because there's fewer trees to clean the air yeah uh also you have habitat for animals less runoff so now your water's cleaner as well um and then they found that it was just like well in addition to the higher water quality you had a higher quality of life it's just yeah. we've talked about before plants are good for people yeah. If you're around plants, you tend to be healthier. That's why you Fran that and I biophilia. are the, the healthiest people that you're ever, <laughs> ever going to find. And our listeners are some of the healthiest. Yes. The healthiest in the, uh, that's, a, that's a big plan. Definitely not true. No. But um, but but you get that biophilia. Yeah, you like get that you... Biophilia, biophilia. And uh, so it's really, really important. That's why I'm talking about the Philly Tree Plan on our podcast. Um, and it's something that we should strive to do. In every city, I know New York City did something similar, yeah. and I think yeah. he's going to roll it out again. I I don't know. I that but they I had know. a million trees NYC, which was again a ten year plan to plant yeah. more trees. They wanted to plant a million trees in in and that then, ten year and time th- frame. Then the New York Restoration Project, which was started I think by Bette Midler, matched their million trees. Mm-hmm. So in it, it, it was a hundred thousand street trees and nine hundred thousand yeah. for reforestation. But I so. think Bloomberg, when he did it, realized with the amount of increased residents to new york that there was no way they could feel that kind of heat and electric like they needed natural mm-hmm. yeah yep. natural protection to mm-hmm. to to prevent some of these yeah. fuel costs like at least it, it was very like it had a lot of foresight yeah yep. for it was very ahead of its time now it seems like there's a lot of these programs oh, yeah, but that yeah. was really radical at the yeah, time definitely definitely so that yeah that was my article both about philadelphia which is interesting yeah. so i thought it was i don't know if i ever shared this story i think i may have but when i was at princeton nurseries we were uh i was doing a tagging appointment with the penn hort society which was in charge of selecting a lot of the trees mm-hmm. for the philadelphia street trees 
and they had on order these 10 to 12 foot musclewood carpinus yeah. carolinina and we we got out the tag and they're like these are beautiful these are perfect i'm like great they're like yeah we can't use them and i'm like why <laughs> like if they're perfect and beautiful why wouldn't you want these and they're like they're too dense and these make great hiding spots for drugs mm-hmm. so it's it's actually counterintuitive you know and it's things that you don't typically have yeah. to think about yep. but they're thinking about it because it's happened <laughs> you yeah. know and it's oh, just yeah. you know it's just amazing uh oh that's one of the reasons i don't give landscape architects a hard time if and this i i don't know how many of our listeners are landscape architects and i don't mean this to be offensive to landscape architects yeah. but uh th- and this is research has been done on this i'm not just yeah. making this up yeah. landscape architects tend to not know plants which sounds crazy to most people yeah. but you think about it they got to consider the demographics of an area yeah. they have to they have to. They have like a million choices for trash cans and benches, and, and they have to work all that kind of stuff in. Listen, I it's, know plants, but yeah. I could not be a landscape architect. Oh, yeah. and then you know, yeah, then I, they have to figure out. Okay, I got to put all this stuff together. Yeah, I mean they're architects, you know, and it's they know they may not know all the selections, mm-hmm. but their wealth of knowledge is is based on other yeah. components that are necessary to do that yeah. job. You, know, and, you can and, do that job without knowing plants. Yes, there and there are plenty of landscape architects. Some of them I'm good friends with who do know their plants really, really yeah. well. I'm not. I'm obviously not talking Bill, about you. Bill Young but, and Carl Alderson, who yeah. we've had on, are both yeah. landscape architects. Uh, and I'm so. thinking of uh, Carrie and Daryl from, from Sunset Farmstead. Yeah. Both yeah. know their plants really, really yes. well. But I think I'm, I'm going to put words in their mouth. There's a reason they're running a nursery now too, because they didn't want to deal with all the well, the people the other we stuff. mentioned, like the plants, the people yeah. we just mentioned, none of them are practicing yeah. landscape architects yeah. either. So. so yeah, it's uh, there's so much. I, I when I meet a lot of landscape architects, I say, hey, let us worry about the plants. You guys have so much else that you got to focus on. If you need help with a project, you need like you need help on inside. Hey, I have this kind of condition. We'll help you. We're not going to help homeowners with that. That's because the landscape architects do yeah. that kind of stuff. But yes. landscape architects, we want to assist them in that realm. Yes. So, yeah. There's, there's but yeah, I, I never even thought about, oh, yeah, I have to consider as a landscape architect, are they going to be doing drug deals behind my bushes here? Yeah. It's, you know, we don't consider that. But yeah. obviously they're considering it because it's a very real thing for them that they mm-hmm. deal with every day. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's it just kind of blew my mind when we had that conversation. Yeah. You know, they even talked about homeowners – I can't remember if it was New York City Parks. It may have been like so – it may have been New York City Parks that some of the homeowners are so protective because they only have that one tree in front mm-hmm. of their house. Like in, if they have vandals like breaking branches off and stuff, like they were taking tacks through tape and putting them on the branches. So if someone reached up to try to pull the branch down, oh, they, would, yeah. <laughs> they would – they would – they would yeah. stick their hands. Welcome to Philadelphia. Folks. <laughs> I think that was New York. That may, that one may have been New York, but yeah, I mean, but that just shows how, yeah. but how passionate people are about having those oh, trees yeah. too. When yeah. you know, because of how important it is to them, mm-hmm. because they have so few, you know, and it's and and I understand the importance of having to go with you know that's maybe one area where a cultivar is necessary because you need something that's urban. It can't evolve. It needs to be put in and be be urban tolerant yep. immediately yep. so i get that i yep. get it you know it's especially like chicago like what what are their temperatures i think the average oh yeah it's, lifespan of a tree is four years yeah, because of lake effect so i i get it mm-hmm. like i get it yep. but all right, all right. Is, that, is that our you done with your article i'm done all right and of course the choice is yours so as you all know go well if you aren't joining the facebook group you're doing it wrong already yes but join the facebook group if you haven't if Do you're it. in the facebook group we want to hit Oh, uh, what's our goal? Let's get 25 votes this time. Yeah. Of course, 25 votes just for me. You know, I, I don't care how I many friends. I will Fran say gets. this. We <laughs> got 
15 votes in a week because yeah. we're recording yep. this episode a week earlier than normal. So yep. we probably would have pulled out some more votes even. That was a good showing. Yeah. But oh, yeah. we have over 330 members. Yeah. And so. Fran and I take this personally. We want yeah. we want you guys to vote because when I win, I rub in Fran's face. Yeah. So. And, I, and I – to quote, to quote uh, Moneyball – I hate losing more than I like to win. <laughs> and that's the truth. I, so, I want to win. Now, Frank, correct me if I'm wrong, but yeah. we don't have – we have a comment, but we don't have any questions? Mm, not true. Oh, gosh. Not true. I, I want to ask you coming. a bunch of questions. <laughs> and I want to have them answered immediately. It's a simple question. Um, no, I didn't hear you. What was your question? So I, I, I want to start off with the comment, and I love that that people are calling in to comment to help out with some of the areas that you and I discussed yeah. that we don't when mm-hmm. we're talking about it we may not know the answer off the top of our head and a lot of them are former guests mm-hmm. that are calling in to help us yeah. Oh, I, yeah I don't look at that they're correcting us that they're helping us because oh it's definitely helping us they're the experts and that's what I yeah. I don't want to put a disclaimer in front of everything we say but that's one of the things is Sometimes when, especially when we're doing the trees and, yeah. and shrubs and that kind of stuff, we were rattling off so stuff so fast that yeah, we might have said like I think the one time you said red berries for yeah, something that remember. was blackberries. Yeah. I don't remember, but um, I was confusing two trees. You yeah, know, so and, sometimes yeah, we had a little, but that was just to get basically to get like a big list of plants out there that had benefits and kind of list some of the, the benefits really quickly. So that people really had a, a starting point, a yeah. jumping off point, at least in our area. You know, it, it'd be different if we were just doing a show based on one tree. We would do all of our research and we would have everything yeah. right about that one tree for that one episode mm-hmm. if we talked about 30, 30 minutes. Yep. But we're right. talking about so much information and we talked about it during the Dan Durant show. Yeah. If you're not using that knowledge all the time, you're not remembering it. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of – a lot of stuff to remember. So we're getting better as the podcast actually progresses because we're dealing with it all the time. Yeah. But there's yeah. there's going to be things that we don't quite remember and, and there's going to be a mistake. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's yeah. just going to happen. So um, I thought I'd start off with the comment. You ready? Yes, please. Right. Hi, Tom and Fran. This is Kelly Gill calling. Um, and I wanted to leave a comment about your shrubs episode, which I totally love and agree that more people should be planting shrubs. Um, as for rose hips on Virginia rose or California rose or Carolina rose, excuse me, uh, the rose hips are edible. They're high in vitamin C, E, and K, but they also have seeds and hairs that need to be carefully cleaned off before consumption because they are um, considered irritating to some people that are sensitive to that. Um, so please eat the rose hips, but be careful cleaning them. Um, and look that up before you do so, so you know how how that works. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. And to that, Kelly, I say, don't be so darn sensitive. <laughs> Tell your stomach to grow up. <laughs> no, really. It, when we say stuff, yeah, make sure. Like, and this is where we're going to go later on yeah. too. Look it up too. Doing more research will never hurt you. It's only yeah. going to help. Yeah, it's knowing more about a topic is never well. I guess it could hurt your feelings, but it's never going to hurt you physically or or in your mental state. Yeah, be a sponge and learn. And I appreciate Kel. That's something I will always remember now. Now that Kelly shared that with us, that's fantastic, and we appreciate. We always love hearing from Kelly. But uh, you know, and I'm someone that's that has so many allergies. I mean, I have like a million allergies. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. knowing that, you know, I'm probably someone that has to be careful cleaning. Cleaning the hairs and the seeds off to eat yeah. that, you know. Yeah, 
And so I guess I, where I was going to go with that is please, 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 when we say something, yeah. don't just go do it. Yes. We have one listener who I know just goes and does uh, this stuff. But uh, like, take take that information. This is the jumping off point. Take that information. Look it up. Um and then if we're if we're wrong, let us know that we're wrong because we want we don't we're not trying to put out bad information. We're trying to be correct, and we're doing our doing as much due diligence as we can to get the information out there. But sometimes we misstate some stuff. Sometimes yeah. we just we were wrong. We don't yeah. didn't read it right and forgot. So you know, Kelly, I'm glad you called in. Don't make it a habit. Don't make it a habit of correcting us. We, it's going to hurt France' <laughs> feelings eventually. I'll, but no, I'll, I think I'll, it's awesome. Our guests listen and, and call in. That's well, great. I, I know that we specifically said we did not know if mm. rose hips were yeah. edible for humans. Yep. So I appreciate Kelly. You can call in all the time and correct yeah. me because I, I listen. <laughs> my my personality is I just always assume yeah. I'm wrong, and that if someone has a countering, uh, like if 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 they have a, a counterfact, I just assume that they know more than I do and that they're right. Maybe that's bad. Maybe I should give myself a little yeah, bit more you credit. Have a little more credit, but give, no, I, I love that our guests are calling in. I love that people are calling in in general. Yeah, um, it it's, makes us feel like we're doing a good job yeah. when that happens. People Even are listening and positive. Ne- yeah. Well, not negative, but if you're if you're correcting us uh, or giving your feedback, that's what we want. We yeah. we love to get it. So yeah, totally. it helps us make uh, make a better program. So exactly. So speaking of, we have one listener that does whatever we hear. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, whatever we say. <laughs> whatever we say. You re- you ready? <sighs> Here we go. Hello, hello, my friends, my friends, the Pine Men, uh, Pam and, and Mr. English Muffin Thomas, oh, my fellow natives. I would like to discuss. Uh, perhaps you could help me on a topic of soil, which uh, Pam, much to my elucidation. It's actually quite different uh, from dirt, which I did not know until recently. Now, Pam uh, and Thomas, many years ago, fellas, I lived in a commune, a commune all all by myself, mind you, and it was the days of the hippies. You've heard of them. They didn't shower. They were kind of dirty. Yes, the hippies. Anyway, fellas, these hippies down the street were making up gallons of something they called the acid. And I, I never knew what that was. So when I left the commune and came back to my estate here in New Jersey, they gave me a big thermos of it. And I put it in the carriage house. And gosh knows, fellas, I was busy and I forgot all about it. So anyway, uh, Tom, Thomas, I was amending my soil, much like the Constitution, an amendment, <laughs> if you will, fellas, because I wanted to grow the tea berries, uh, like the gum. Pam, you're old enough. You remember the commercial for the tea berry? Anyway, Thomas, it is called the Golfuria, the procumbens, and it needs an acid soil. So I wanted to make my own chewing gum and be like the Bazooka Joe, I, I believe is his name. <laughs> he, he's an entrepreneur who's made a lot of money in chewing gums. So I poured the thermos of this stuff, fellas, from the commune into my planting beds. And Pam, a few weeks later, I was doing what you had been telling me, which is to scoop up soil samples, you know, like a scoop, to scoop it up and taste it and see if it was basic or if it was the acid. And the soil for the Gulfuria tasted funny. Now, can you good men give me some soil advice? I would like very much to have an amendment to my soil so I can begin growing uh, the tea berry gum. And uh, my name is Saul gardening here in new jersey and 
you know, ride Captain Ride on your mystery ship. That's what I say. Thank you, men. <laughs> there, 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 there are so many things wrong <laughs> with, with that so, phone call. And I hadn't thought about Bazooka Joe gum uh, for, I don't know, 20 years? Well, since I was a kid. Our coworker and, Kelsey just brought some in recently. Oh my, huh. Yeah. And I used actually used to save the Bazooka Joe comics as a kid. I have a yeah, whole collection oh yeah, I remember, somewhere. Yeah, I forgot about the comics too. And like I didn't realize Bazooka Joe was a real person. And yeah. uh, and he was a multimillionaire. Yeah. Well he's not he's not, <laughs> he's, not. You know, he's not really an entre- uh, a bubblegum entrepreneur. He's just a cartoon character in the that was in the gum. Yeah. But But uh, I don't know the, the commercial he's talking about for the keyberry uh, gum yeah keyberry gum which is which is Gothero procumbens wintergreen so it's like a mm-hmm. wintergreen yep. uh gum and i'm trying to remember who made it but yeah there's there's definitely a teaberry teaberry gum yeah so well, I've there's, had and there's still winter yeah. wintergreen yeah gum out yeah there. So, so there's a lot to be said for for saul's call first of all i do want to say we never told him to eat soil no, you actually I said actually you said, were afraid. I'm afraid that he he's would. going to eat soil after how Becky had talked about the soil and loving your soil and yeah. hugging your soil. Yeah. <laughs> he took it one step further. Yeah. Eventually, it's going to become kissing your soil. And, and, and I think that <laughs> I wish I could remember the 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 song he referenced, the Ride Captain Ride. I can't. I wanted to say it was Moody Blues, but it may be like like Grand Funk Railroad or someone like that. I can't remember who it is, but I would love to know. Of what his next 24 hours were like after he tasted <laughs> tasted i think that's the wrong kind of acidity you were trying to add to your soil that's I not agree. necessarily <laughs> the right thing you may want to dispose of that too and not really admit that you have that yeah. you may want to get get yeah. you know new jersey's legalizing a lot of things but not that you may want to yeah. <laughs> you may want to dispose of that though but i think rather than having a discussion about soil i think because i'm really a firm believer that if you have an acidic plant and your ground isn't acidic. It's not amending your soil. It's choosing the right plant to mm-hmm. go with your soil. Don't yeah. make your soil something that it's not. You have a natural soil, living soil. And, and like Saul said, there's a difference between soil and dirt. Soil is mm-hmm. living. There's organisms in it. You don't don't make it something that it doesn't want to be. Make the right plant choices for that that area so that you're getting the most out of your soil. Don't don't to me don't try to amend it yeah. you're 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 doing yeah. the wrong thing like I, I agree and it's uh it's tough for some people because they like I mentioned it during that gardening episode is some people just want hey I want this plant and I'm going to do whatever it takes to have that plant in my yard and really yeah. got to change so much you have to like if it's a, something that likes it wet well you're going to have to water a ton yeah and, and which then you're opening up another can of worms so but, like and and Saul was adding chemicals to his soil mm-hmm. that first of all they were the wrong chemicals second of all he didn't know what it was and he hadn't read the directions third of all really wasn't yeah. the right thing to do mm-hmm. um so I, I this actually leads us into instead of talking about soil i'd much rather have the conversation about chemicals and i i'm really a, an extreme novice on this subject and i have a feeling you're going to lead the yeah the, and, the, I, the and I wouldn't say you're more knowledge. I'm not saying yeah, you're an expert, yeah, but you're more knowledgeable yeah. on it than I am. Yeah, I'm definitely not an expert, and uh, and I kind of let off with this in the beginning. Is we're how Pinelands Nursery is wedged. We're in a place, and it's actually awesome when you really think about yeah. it. We're in a place where we're working with some of the top ecologists in our region, yeah. really in the, in the entire country. Sometimes I'm sure some of them are even the top ecologists in the world, 
and they are telling us like the boots on the ground stuff of what they're finding either through university studies or their own studies through their own, own organizations what they're finding um when it comes to plants and nature yeah. and all that kind of stuff which is awesome and the horticulture sphere doesn't get that information and i'm that's what i said i'm on yeah. the board for new jersey nursery and landscape association one of the reasons i joined that board is so i could include that information because otherwise that association is making decisions ignoring a lot of those things and those are those are really important things yeah and you know for me and and maybe this is hypocritical there's a very split split use like i don't believe in any chemicals for lawn Mm -hmm. you know because i don't think lawn is necessary Mm -hmm. so it's hard for me to speak on behalf of the benefits or you know, there's a lot of negatives mm-hmm. for for lawn because it's affecting your water quality mm-hmm. runoff, and it's just it's it's a barren ecosystem. So yeah. you're not really yeah. you're not really helping the ecosystem with that. Like I feel all of that is unnecessary, yeah. and and so, I don't even I, I I can't even speak to the merits of it because yeah. I don't believe there are any to mm-hmm. lawn, let alone chemicals in a but, lawn. Uh, but yeah, th- so then on the other side, uh, yeah. just going back in regards to Pinelands Nursery, mm-hmm. we're a fixture in the New Jersey horticulture space. Yeah. So I'll go to meetings and you're hearing from the folks at Bayer and Monsanto and, and Syngenta and some of these yeah. really big companies. Yeah. And we have the opportunity. We can, okay, we have a, a pesticide herbicide, you name it. Well, we have the opportunity to call up the rep from the company. And a lot of times we can even talk to the scientist who did the studies that yeah. found the toxicity studies on these things. Yeah. And, uh, and our IPM person here now, he's doing that. He's talking to the specialist who, who did perform the studies because he's actually a, a bio or was a biology prof- professor at one point himself. So he's talking to these people in their language and finding out, okay, what is what did your research actually mean? And um, so where we sit, I see a, a lot of uh, I would say misinformation on both sides yeah and uh and one of the reasons i want to bring this up today is because and i'm sure many of our listeners if you're on facebook you've seen this meme it's been going back for i think like six years now yeah. is when it started out and it's it's not a meme it's actually just a picture within a um with uh with a uh, comment underneath uh but it's a picture of a plant from home depot um and the tag on the back says treated with neonicotinoids and then it says these pesticides, pesticides are approved by the EPA. For more information, please visit us at www.ecooptions. I'm not going to read the whole URL. Yeah. The post beneath it, and uh, I'm I'm not going to read the whole post either. Says important. I saw this at Home Depot yesterday. Do not, I repeat, do not buy plants treated with neonicotinoids. Bees take the pollen back to their hive and feed it to their brood. This is the number one cause of colony collapse. Neonicotinoids are banned in Europe. Please don't uh, buy these plants. Feel free to share. Yeah. This is still shared no. today. Okay. Now, um, before you go into it, I will say, even though we we may list positive and negatives, Pinelands mm-hmm. Nursery is a nursery that is neonic free, yeah, yep. you know, which is a difficult thing to be for a nursery our size. Yes. And we can go yeah. into that a little bit later. Yeah, but and I, I, I was going to touch on that a little yeah. bit, but um, I'll, I'll start off talking about neonicotinoids and, and how they work. Basically, what it is, it's a systemic pesticide yeah. uh the most common one is amitoclopid um, which is yeah. found in this is stuff you can buy off the shelf at home depot if yeah. you have uh grubs in well the most yeah. common use is probably if you have japanese beetle grubs in your lawn yeah and if you talk to someone they're gonna say oh go buy this product you go to home depot you can buy it off the shelf mm-hmm. and then a lot of people then misuse it which yeah. is a, a issue yeah. it's really commonly used in the nursery trade 
for um, Oriental beetles, one, you get white grubs in our, our nursery pots. If yeah. you have, basically, you're going to get white grubs in nursery pots at some point. Yes. It's almost an, in, in our area. It's impossible to not have it. Yeah. Um, a nursery is an unnatural environment. Oh, yeah. It's not we, a normal <laughs> ecosystem. So you're, if you have 3,000 red maples or 3,000 red yeah. oak in one spot, which is an unnatural setting, you're going to have mm-hmm. unnatural attacks. Oh, yeah. And yeah. that's – we like Fran was saying, we preach right plant, right place all the time. Yeah. We are not doing that as a nursery. Nurseries aren't doing that. We're no. putting stuff that tends to – might tend to be a solitary plant, and we're taking – 5,000 of them and pushing all, all together yes. right next to each other, that's not going to happen in yes. nature. It's in a soilless media, so it's not what you're going to have in nature. It's mm-hmm. not where it's naturally going to be growing, and we have to then um, do some of those amendments yeah. like we talked about to make sure it grows into a healthy plant that can then be put into those yeah. conditions and survive. Yeah, we're yeah but, we're growing plants that take all kinds of conditions, wetland, upland, acidic, mm-hmm. you know, like Atlantic white cedar wants a pH of four. Yeah. You know, it's yep. we have to create those conditions mm-hmm. for that plant to, to grow. Yeah. And, yep, exactly. And, you know. So go, going back to neonics, it's uh, why and eventually why we don't use them. So it's something that the plant will take up. And then when something eats that plant, it's going to poison them and, and then they die. Yeah. I'm not going to get in the chemical process behind it. But um, mostly because I don't know, <laughs> know the entire chemical yeah. process behind it. But basically that's what it's for. So the targets, like I said, white grubs, they're eating the roots of the plants. When they eat the roots, now that root is toxic to them and it kills the white grubs. Yeah. And we're basically stopping in a predatory insect yeah. that isn't native here. It's, yeah. um, it's a non-native insect. Like I said, Oriental beetle, Japanese beetle, they're obviously not from yeah. the United States. Um, and there's like, I think, 17 different kinds of white grubs that, yeah. that this will help with. Uh, you have um, red-headed flea beetle, which is a huge nursery problem in the mid-Atlantic now. Uh, it'll take care of that because they're chewing on the leaves. Anything that's chewing on that plant in some way, shape, or form is is going to to die because it was, so, it was treated with So that. let me ask you this. Yeah. And and I have a feeling I know the answer to this. Say you're, say you're a nursery that incorporates mycorrhizae mm-hmm. or mycorrhizal into your soil, and then you treat with neonics. You're also killing the mycorrhizae. Ooh, I have no idea. So if you're creating a living soil, and then you treat it, yeah. are you in turn getting dirt? See, I don't know if the neonics would do that because and, it's a fungal relationship. So I, I don't know if it'll do it there. I, I don't know. And if that's you use one the thing, fungicide, that's one of the things we've tossed around is we do use fungicides on occasion to cure other problems like phytophthora uh, and pythium are probably the one and two on our list well and we incorporate a mycorrhizae into our mix which i've also have this is a sidebar i also have questions about because now we're incorporating foreign uh fungal relationships uh and i only discovered this because or only made me think about it because there was a mushroom growing out of one of our pots i took a picture on a naturalist and identified it as a mushroom that was native to south africa and when I looked it up, oh, it's common in mycorrhizal um, so stuff that's common in the tree. I'm like, oh, so, so we're putting real? in stuff from South Africa and Europe and all over the place into our soil here to help it when it goes out to nature. And I'm, it made me question and, it a little bit. And that's bit. why we talked about but, taking natural soil from where we collect mm-hmm. the seed to incorporate. So yeah. you get in that natural mycorrhizae mm-hmm. that's affected. But, um, so, yeah, I don't know if the neonics would hurt the mycorrhizae, but I, yeah, fungicides will. And that's, okay. that's proven. Okay. But uh, so... When it comes to pollinators, um, the folks at Bayer and Syngenta and all these chemical companies, basically they, they don't want to hurt the pollinators. Yeah. 
so they're they do want to hurt red-headed flea beetle white grubs things that are pests aphids those kind of things that are pests to the plants they're chewing on the plants and defoliating them and making them so we can't sell them um so they're looking at uh okay what can we do that make is this is there a way we can use this product uh, amutacloprid in a way that's safe to pollinators and the biggest pollinator in that case is honeybees and uh I'm paraphrasing the research, but basically they found if you, as long as you used it two weeks before it flowered, there really wasn't a risk. They weren't finding that the honeybees were taking away lethal doses of really very much of the that chemical at all. Even though it was part of the plant, it was systemic to the plant, they were finding that the honeybees weren't taking away. They didn't, as far as I know, do much research when it came to native bees and butterflies yeah. and those yeah. kind of things, but honeybees in particular, um, which the honeybees on that label or on that, that post... Uh, colony collapse disorder is a is a real thing, yeah. but the primary cause is actually varroa mite, which yeah. is a, a mite that gets into the hive and then will infect the bees. And, and I don't remember again the chemical process, but it basically eats the bees from like the inside yeah. out, yeah. as far as I know. Um, that's the number one cause. The, the neonics weren't helping, but they weren't the number one yeah. cause. And most of the time, it wasn't necessarily the plants; it was agricultural fields where you had pre-treated seeds with neonics, yeah. and then they'd go and plant, and you had the dust cloud. Yeah. which would have some of the coding, that was going to be the issue. Yeah. Or aerial sprays of neonics, that was the issue. It wasn't necessarily the plants having them in them that hurt the, the honeybees. And we're not promoting using neonics. No, I, no, no. I, I, I honestly feel the less chemicals you can use, the better. Yeah. You know, we you try to use <laughs> as little as possible. You know, that's yeah. the goal. That's always oh, yeah. the goal. And that's our, yeah. our goal here. Yeah. I should have prefaced this. Like, I'm not trying to defend neonics in a way. No. I'm really just trying to put... Understand it. Just understand better information it. out there because what you're finding online, whether it's a, a pro pesticide approach or an anti pesticide approach, tends to be a lot black or very black and white. Yeah. These are okay. These are bad. It's very gray. Yeah. It's like very very. Don't gray. just be passionate. You have to and, be knowledgeable. Um, and I meant to preface this whole discussion by saying we're all adults, or I'm, I'm sure there might be some kids listening to, yeah. but we tend to be we're we're all adults. Yeah. We need to act like adults. And this is one of the things that's kind of gone by the wayside where and what we were talking about earlier on again, it seems especially politically, but uh, everything's become more and more political now and, and politically driven. We tend to not be able to have a conversation with someone who disagrees with us anymore. Yeah, it's and you see it all the time on Facebook when you don't agree with or when someone doesn't agree with what you said, they call you a, a, a liberal they call yeah. they call you conservative yeah. they politicize it and say oh you must be an anti-vaxxer you must be well now which which now anti-vaxxer is completely flipped on its head yeah. there's all crazy stuff i'm not going to get into that but we need to have these adult conversations and understand someone may have an ap- opposite viewpoint and not just say hey you're wrong and i'm going to get loud and not talk to you i need to be able to, like if fran and i have a yeah. differing opinion we need to be able to talk yeah. i need to be able to listen to him and what he says Think about it from his perspective, and then I may still disagree with him, yeah. and that's fine. But I need to respect his opinion for who he is, and then if I really disagree, I can present my facts. Yeah. I'm not trying to pr- and sway his opinion. No. I'm saying, hey, this is why I have my opinion. This is how I came to my conclusions. Like, I'd love to talk to this yeah. about this more with you. Yeah. So that's what we're and, trying to do and, here and, is start this discussion. Do do your own research on it. And, and here's um, the thing. Science gets better, too. What, oh, what yeah. may be okay yeah. today may not be okay tomorrow. What's not okay today may change. It's They're, they're constantly well, learning more and more. And, you know, when I started 
I know I've said this before. When I started in the late 80s, we would spray. Like no one told me to put on gloves oh, yeah. or a mask yeah. or boots. Like mm-hmm. you just sprayed, you know. And and I heard stories about – when I was at Connor Pyle, uh, the production manager said back in the 60s there was a product that they would spray around the perimeter. And when the rabbits would run across it, it would burn their feet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they used that to keep animals out, and it was only available for two yeah. years because they realized how cruel it was. And Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, like – it, it's you know there's a lot of things that we used 15 years ago or that nurseries mm-hmm. used 15 years ago that are banned yeah. you know and and that's going to continue to happen yeah. because there's constantly new science and new things and i guess one of the questions i had for you cuz you're going to be more knowledgeable than this so you have is the answer going organic like we talk about synthetic yeah, is the answer um, organic so yeah basically everything we've talked about so far has been as specifically neonix are um which i was gonna generalize it and say which aren't are tend to be synthetic but it's actually not a hundred percent true because okay. neonics are i guess uh, and i just found this out a couple weeks ago and i haven't looked into it more yet um i guess it's a derivation of nicotine which is where so and yeah. they've used nicotine as a, a pesticide or pest deterrent for since the 1700s yeah. now this is just a a souped up uh, yeah. made in a lab version of it and uh and that's talking about organic versus synthetic is people we friend ragged on the last two episodes yeah. about marketing yeah the marketing behind organic is awesome because it really has convinced people that organic means no chemicals whatsoever no, no or i should say no uh synthetic additive or not synthetic what's the right word no additives whatsoever yeah. whether it's fertilizer it's all it's natural fertilizers or it's or, or not even that people just don't think that they're putting anything on this yeah. and while that does is true a lot of times in small scale if you go to a farmer's market and they're organic that's where you're going to find people yeah. who aren't or uh, uh daryl and carrie from sunset yeah. farms that are a great example they don't really treat anything. anything they're doing it all up front trying to make sure that their practices are really good so they yeah. don't have issues that they then have to go in with a, a chemical to treat yeah. um so yeah they're spray free they aren't certified organic yeah and I, I don't think they're technically are organic because yeah. some of their media, I'm sure, yeah. isn't necessarily natural. Uh, I shouldn't say I'm sure. I'm supposing is yeah. isn't necessarily natural. They listen. That's why I keep, yes. keep yes. going back on this. And I'm sorry maybe they, for maybe they can call in and, and yeah, clarify you need to straighten us. me out yes. here. But um, but what happens is so this marketing behind organic has kind of taken over people's mindsets where they think, oh, this doesn't have anything bad in it for me, and that's not actually the case in a lot of cases. Yeah. Conventional or, or I shouldn't say. Um, Organic agriculture tends to still use a lot of chemicals. It's just organic origins of them. Yeah. So it's instead of um, using something like a neonic, they're going to use something that contains nicotine. Yeah. And because, and maybe they, it'll have the desired effect, but not as um, strong. It won't be as strong. Yeah. So they have to use more of it yeah. in that sense. Uh, and like, the other thing with synthetic, it doesn't necessarily mean it's harmful. Um, you could be synthetic. Like I'm going to go back to Daryl and, and mm-hmm. Carrie again, just as a, a general or a general example. Um, they, if they're using fertilizer and they're using a, a trade fertilizer like Osmocote or Florican yeah. or something like yeah. that, well, that's an inorganic, that's a synth- or synthetic additive. Yeah, it's not going to hurt you, and it's helping the plants in a lot of cases. So, but that's doesn't mean it, it would be no longer organic does that mean that it's somehow worse no not necessarily yeah. 
So don't get fooled by by um, trade jargon yes. into thinking something is better or worse. Uh, if you really, if you don't want it to be treated with uh, um, a supplementary chemical, and I'm again, I'm using the yeah. phrase chemicals wrong because we're all chemical. Everything is chemicals. Uh, right. If it's if it's H two O water is chemicals. And one of my favorite old Facebook pages was like. Uh, dihydrogen monoxide yeah. awareness, yeah, yeah. Dihydrogen monoxide awareness, and it was yeah. saying water is killing you if you yeah. drink too. Uh, if you were to fall in a vat of water, <laughs> like ninety nine percent of methamphetamines is dihydrogen monoxide, yeah. and it's but it was basically proving the yeah. same point. They can make it sound really, really scary, and it's just water. Yeah. Um, same thing happens in in this sense. You have marketing from either side making it sound super scary yeah. when it's really or not as scary great. or super it's great. great. And it's not as great as they say. So that's where I'm. I'm really calling people to do a lot of their own research. And yeah. Same thing happens with with um, with uh, glyphosate. Yeah, and that's, and that's a, perfect. You know who be, would be perfect too, and I I would love if he yeah. chimes in with a phone call. Richard McCoy. Oh you yeah, know, knowing yeah. that he's he's certified organic. I care. believe so. You yeah. Know, so uh, I'm, obviously he he's someone I would consider an expert yeah, on this. Definitely. That could really definitely. tell you. And, and I hope he calls in yeah. and definitely straightens me out where i'm saying things wrong because that's yeah. not what i'm trying to do yeah. my main call is to we're just to presenting say, information we're yeah. not advocating either way yeah. like i said we we really feel the less the less chemicals you can use the better oh yeah in all yeah. in all cases i'll touch on glyphosate just for a second and say that it's it's really it's a it's a tool similar to a hammer or a saw it should be used that way when it's used if you like if you're building a house and you don't need to use a saw in that instance, there's no reason to use a saw. Yeah. What we're seeing is people are still, in this case, using glyphosate yeah. as that saw. And the yeah. glyphosate, the trade name is Roundup. Um, a lot of people rag on Monsanto, Monsanto because it's the main maker of Roundup. I don't even think they're the biggest manufacturer of glyphosate. There's I other people that make other glyphosate every, Everyone products, out yeah. there is making glyphosate, and it's has different names. Yes. It's... um. But, and even uh, a lot of the, it's definitely overused is, yeah. is what I'm going to put yeah. out there. It's definitely overused. If you use it as a tool and especially in like habitat management uh, where you have the spread of invasives yeah. um, or if you're going to establish a meadow and you need a blank canvas, you can put in a ton of effort to do that. Um, I don't want to use the phrase organically, but do it with, uh, with minimal, minimal synthetic Impact. inputs. Yeah. And it is going to take a long time, and sometimes it's just as impactful or more impactful, or you can do it really, really quickly with this yeah. product, being safe, making sure you're not overusing it. Um, Let, let's say, and I'm, I don't know if this is a the product they're using. Like, let's say you have uh, common regress uh, taken over a whole marsh. Yeah. You have yeah. you have Phragmites that have mm -hmm. taken over, and you have five acres of it. Yeah, I don't think you're getting rid of that without spraying it. No. Now no. you can dig it all out, but if you just miss just a pat, like the the cost of the project would be ten times more. Oh, probably yeah. If, yeah. if you tried to remove it and bring in soil, like I know that's damaging the soil yeah. as well. But it's what's the lesser of the two evils to get as much restoration done as possible? Yeah. I don't and, know. Um, that's that's really an ethical question that I can't. I'm I'm happy I don't have to make those decisions. And again, it's a gray area. Yeah. And whoever's in charge of that product project. And, and for the sake of that, that area and that community, they have to make a decision based on the information they have at hand. Yeah. And, and unfortunately, in a lot of cases, a lot of that 
decision comes down to cost. And we've talked about this too. We've seen scientific research where they talk about they applaud five aspects, but they never approach the huge negative. Yeah, you know, it yeah. it can be by like. I know science is what it is. The facts are the facts. But if you're not presenting yeah. all of the facts, you're not getting a complete picture yes. either. So it's it's hard to like know your sources, but you, you got to research a lot of things. Yes. I don't know. I honestly, I don't know. I don't know the yeah. answers. And I, I guess the, the, the big takeaway is you need to be cognizant. And, and this is true for us yeah. too. Um, you need to be cognizant that everyone is trying to gain your eyes, gain your ears, gain your dollars. Yeah. So even if it's a Facebook group and that Facebook group was was gained out of or, or formed out of uh, a really positive thing, everyone wants that Facebook group to be bigger. And everyone's putting stuff out there to give them a little bit more clout because it makes them feel yeah, good. Everyone We're wants d- more likes. Everyone at, wants more shares. We're guilty, of, too. Yeah, we want you to listen to this end of podcast. This, yeah, end of this podcast. I'm going to say, hey, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you share. Follow make sure us, you listen. Share. Follow us. Give us we reviews. want people to listen to us, too. But it's um, that you got to be cognizant of that. And and. It's super important for you're not just you're not just backing up your own confirmation bias. Yeah, yeah. You aren't looking at something saying I think pesticides are bad, or I think uh, uh, Donald Trump is bad, or I think Joe Biden's bad, and then everything you look is just backing up what you think. Yeah, yeah. You need to go. I'm I'm calling on people to go out and then look at the opposite. Make your opinion. make your own opinion. Look, find yeah. find. Okay, I can go on if I'm if I'm hypothetically like uh, a Republican candidate. Yeah. Well, I could go on Fox News. I could go on, like, yeah. I'm trying to think of another yeah. resource. I could go on all these resources and find things that agree with me. Yeah. Um, That's not what And really, want. and yeah. I'm, it's not changing my opinion. It's just, it's making me more confident in my own opinion. What I should be doing is going to CNN, going yeah. to MSNBC, going to those other places, yeah. and reading things that challenge my opinion and say, because I might come away and say, "Huh, they make a lot of really good points," yeah. or I might come away and say, "You know what? I think they're they're playing on emotion here. Yeah. This is logical. That's a good point." You really need to, and then for then you'll there's no negative to it. You're yeah. going to come out better informed. Yeah. Like, what's there to lose other than your? I guess you could hurt your pride a little bit because it's yeah. not what you thought it yeah. was. But so, it, it's not about pride. It's about being more knowledgeable. We should really wrap this up because <laughs> yeah, we're – Sorry. But no, I, I, I want to make one more point before we wrap it up yeah. and just um, – because we, we only got like in about another five minutes yeah. to because yep. we, we have another appointment. But the main thing is know your source. If you're buying plants from your nursery, go to your nursery. Ask them what their practices mm-hmm. are. Or if they're buying from someone else, find out what their practices are. And I, I unfortunately, I hate to say this. Not everyone's going to be honest. So you have mm-hmm. to trust your source. You have yeah. to trust – that you feel that the people you're buying from are being honest and, and upfront about their practices or go and look around. If it's a garden center, see what their practices are. You'll you'll know. You'll know if someone's telling you the truth or yeah. not. But at oh, least yeah. ask yeah. the questions. Find out what is important to you and find a vendor that matches what's important yeah. to you, that their mission and your wants are the same thing. And just – so you feel comfortable. Like just – Get to know them, ask yeah. the right question. We get asked all the time what our practices are, and we have no problem. We're very transparent mm-hmm. with our practices. Yeah. And, are. and understand, it, like you might be disappointed that a nursery or or uh, farmer or plus person you meet in the farmers market, they aren't upholding the standards you want. But you also need to understand, like in our case, yeah. we're, and we're we're making this decision yeah. right now um, as we're approaching the growing season, is we're looking at our plants and. There will be problems with that plant. We will get redheaded flea beetle. We get we'll get aphids. We will get um, 
white flies. We'll get all these different things. And we are literally holding a miracle drug in our hand and we're not using that says, it. hey, we could use this and that plant will go healthy and it'll make it to the job site. Or we can keep it in our hand and and try and use other things. And maybe only 75% of those plants will make it to the job site. Sometimes it's 50%. Sometimes it's all of those plants die because of the thing. Yeah. And we're holding that drug in our hand. We have to choose, do we use it or not? It's that same as that yeah. train dilemma. You have yeah. your your mom on one track or 100 people on the other track, and you control the lever. The train's not going to stop. Which one are you going yeah. to kill? It's difficult. Um, you have to make that decision, and that's where we are. And you, yeah. the biggest thing we can advise you, if you do want to go chemical-free mm-hmm. or as, as free as not, is right place or right plant right place yes if you're planting the wrong plant in the wrong in the wrong place that's where you're gonna have trouble that's, that's where you're gonna have to amend stuff that's where you're gonna have a lot you're of amending issues soil it's, you're spraying because you have pests that you shouldn't have if you put the right plant in the right place it should alleviate all of this and you should have insects on them you yeah. should have oh, pollinators yeah. on them it should be a healthy ecosystem mm-hmm. if the right plant is in the right place exactly that's, if, yep. if you're following that and the right plants are going in the right place it alleviates the need for yeah. all of this. If yeah. you don't have a yard, you don't need it. You like grass, yeah. turf, you yeah. know, yeah. it alleviates a lot of these issues. So oh, yeah. that's our, that, that's my biggest get oh, takeaway, yeah. right plant, right place. Yep, exactly. So hopefully that was, <laughs> did I do a good job keeping it under 10 yeah. minutes, Fran? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's, so do you want to do a um, podcast? Yeah, let's, see let's if we do can one. Squeeze we got a little bit in. of time. All right. Uh, so, and speaking of, Comcast, we're actually doing a presentation for for Comcast and Philadelphia. Well, I guess Comcast in Philadelphia today. We're getting re- actually so, we we need to log in in fourteen minutes yeah. and 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 prepare. So let's let me see here. Interview your mom or dad. We did that. So we, yeah, we that, literally did that. We literally on episode did that. what seven? Yeah, it was the the hidden tapes that we broke out really early because my baby was born. Comment on industry gossip. I don't know. I'm going to throw that one yeah. aside for right now. Um, I kind of did that already, didn't I? Share your greatest fear. Hmm. That? Oh, that's that's a good one. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I don't know what mine is. All right. I, I, I can go. Um, and this is a really common fear uh, for a lot of people. I'm afraid of the dark. So that, that, yeah. I'm, that's not actually what I'm going to say. But I am actually – I've always been afraid of the dark for some reason. Not like a – but not outside, only at home. And and again, this is another cookie for my wife to key in on because she freaks me out all the time and she'll yell at me because it's like, uh, or she'll make a like a cackling sound like a witch. Or <laughs> did you watch that um that that uh, show Evil Genius? No. Okay, so no. it was a, oh, I'm not gonna describe the whole thing. It was a Netflix documentary. Go watch it. But there was a. a a woman in there called named Marjorie Deal Armstrong, and for whatever reason, the the picture they used on the the image for the show was like really really creepy. All and right. then uh, I, as a kid, I was afraid of the bird lady from um, from Mary Poppins, and oh, I thought she I... lived under my bed. So <laughs> that, I made a joke one night that Marjorie Deal Armstrong lived under the bed, and that's why I was scared of the dark. And uh, <laughs> and um, and then since then, my wife will like literally turn out the lights while we're going up the. The stairs, it's like we fell asleep on the couch at midnight. We're going up to sleep, and she'll like flick the lights out on me and just start like cackling and say, Ah, it's me, Marjorie. <laughs> no, it, it, it's more, it just freaks me out because it's shocking. It's not, but I, yeah, I'm a little scared of the dark. I guess the the industry one is I'm afraid of, of letting down my family, is the big thing. You know, I can it's, I can totally see that. I can totally yeah, it's, see uh, that. Yeah, it's uh, you have to make difficult decisions, and sometimes they aren't the most popular. Uh, you, 
definitely yeah. as a parent. You're making unpopular decisions, but you got to do things that are in the best interest of your family. Um, and same, especially with a family business, I know I'm making decisions that my dad doesn't like, um, or he doesn't think are important. And, um, but I have faith in them and, and I need to, I can't let them fail. I have to, I have to fight hard enough to say, Hey, this works. I know it's going to work. And I need to put my name behind that and just push as hard as I can to make sure it works. Nice. Um, cause if it fails, I'm not just letting down myself. I'm letting down my wife and son because mm-hmm. we aren't going to have that income anymore. I'm letting down the 40 people that work here. You're, you're taking um, over a business that's thriving. Um, yeah, that's thriving. thriving and you I'm need letting, to have that continue. I'm letting you know? down my parents because they say, Oh yeah, okay. We turned over the kid and then he yeah. killed it or yeah. kids. My brother's involved yeah. too. Um, and then I'm even letting down the native plant industry because there aren't, there's just not enough nurseries out there, and yeah, they I tend agree. to be small. We're a large one that is doing a lot for uh, for restoration, and if we weren't here, I well, I was going to say I don't know if there would be enough nurseries to pick up this like I know there aren't. There's no. reports out there saying there's a call for so many more native plants. and We need all of us. We need yeah, more. We need, all. We we need, need more, more than, than what's here. We need to get bigger, and we need five more nurseries that are probably the size of ours yeah. to fulfill the needs that are actually out yeah. there and spread them all across the country. That's probably just our area. We need five wow. more. So, I, all right. You know, I don't know <laughs> that fears. I have an industry for. You know, it's funny growing up when you when you were talking <laughs> about like Mary Poppins. I was afraid as a kid of Ultraman, which was like a, a Japanese TV show mm-hmm. about it, it kind of like like Godzilla, but it was a robot yeah. superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He scared the crap out of me for some reason as a kid. My sisters loved that. Because they'll be like, watch out, we're going to turn Ultraman on. And back then it was on once a day. I didn't know. I was like, oh, they're going to. I had a, it was, I don't remember what it was. It was like a coat rack in the corner of my room. Mm -hmm. And how my nightlight, again, scared of the dark, so I had a nightlight. How my nightlight hit it, it cast a shadow that looked like Batman. And I thought Batman was going to come and get me in the middle of the night. Which, he's a superhero. He's out for good. Why would he come after a little kid? But I don't know. It's the child brain. It thinks of some crazy things. You know, I am uneasy around snakes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not someone that's going to go out like your your brother. Even though I know a snake is not dangerous, I don't want to pick it up. Like I just, I I still am very uneasy about mm-hmm. snakes. They they yeah. they really like that that really gets me like my heart's my heart's starting to beat faster just thinking about it. I'm like oh you know and I we we encounter them often, but I know mm-hmm. I could never you like, can never I, uh, uh, be a snake handler. Trying to think. Oh man, I forget the guy's name. I was going to say Crocodile Dundee, Dundee. but that, that's well, Dan Duran was other, even saying, yeah, the other crocodile yeah. guy from Australia, <laughs> but <with> Steve Irwin, <laughs> Steve Irwin, but even Dan Duran was saying his picture was with him with a snake, and, yeah, yeah. and Emil Devito talks about picking up snakes and putting them in his pocket. I mm. couldn't do, I, I maybe one day yeah. I would be able to, yeah. or if I was around them more often. But growing up not being around them, and then being around them, I was, you know, I've gotten much better over yep. the last ten yeah. years. I've gotten much better, yeah. but. Industry-wise, I don't know that I have a fear. I, I feel bad. Maybe I should, but I've made so many mistakes mm-hmm. and managed to keep my job and learn <laughs> from, and learn from them. Um, you know, for for the longest time, my biggest fear was that I, and it's it has changed, was that I would I would be too cocky and mm-hmm. too arrogant to, and that would undo me. That one yeah. day my arrogance would would be my my biggest weakness mm-hmm. and and take me down just by being too arrogant but over the years making mistakes and being humble about it and learning mm-hmm. from those mistakes have kind of taken that off when i in my early 20s 
man, I should have been fired from my first three jobs probably 10 times, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I don't know how I managed to hang on. You know, John Stella, who's a, um, a former colleague and someone that we know in the industry said, you know, in the, the nursery industry, there's not too many willing participants. So when it finds someone, yeah. they, yep. they hold on to them, and I think that's what happened with me. But, mm-hmm. you know, fortunately they did because I, I think I would have missed out personally or the industry may have missed out had I changed mm-hmm. professions or had been let go uh, early on. So I'm glad everyone had patience with me and helped yeah. me get to this point. And yeah. that, that was my biggest fear once I realized how bad my ego was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I was able to at least realize it and change it because my biggest fear was like <laughs> at one point like, oh, my God, this is going to to be the, the end of me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. you, you have to – I think having kids really – change that for you You have to realize you're not going to live forever you're not invincible you don't know everything yeah you know and and you kind of have to humble yourself we love doing the buzz it lets us do a lot of freestyles like this um so with that we really thank everyone for listening to native plants healthy planet presented by pilots nursery we're going to give a huge thank you to rj comer for our buzz theme music which i love i I love this it's going to hurt me if we hit a new year and we decide to change our music but (laughs) make sure you buy rj's music or or uh wherever you buy or stream or consume your music itunes spotify wherever else uh follow us on twitter at pineland nursery facebook at pinelands nursery nj instagram at pinelands nursery and youtube at pinelands nursery uh, we have the question and comment line, which everyone has been using. Keep that going. You can call us at 215-346-6189. I'll repeat that, 215-346-6189. Ask a question, leave a comment. If we pick your question or comment, we'll play it and answer it on a future episode of The Buzz. And uh, let's keep growing that Native Plants Healthy Planet Facebook group. I love all the new uh, all the new posts in mm-hmm. there from, from new uh, people. So keep that, keep that growing and getting bigger. Yeah, if this episode riled you up, Make sure you join that Facebook group and post your opinions there. Call in the question comment line. Let us know what you think. We want your feedback. We want to keep this conversation going. Totally. Um, You can listen to the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast directly at www.nativeplantshealthyplanet.com. Also, be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, really wherever you consume your podcasts. And when you're there, uh, we ask that you please subscribe. If you like it, please subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share it with a friend. That really, really, really helps. means a lot to us. It keeps this conversation going. So, And as always, do what I do. Ask Alexa to play the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast. With that, thanks again, everyone. I am Tom. And I am Fran. Thank you again, everyone, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We're going to see you uh, next time, which I think our next episode will be a rooted discussion, I believe. Rooted discussions. With, hopefully uh, on soils. Hopefully on soil. Yeah. Not confirmed, but hopefully on then. But until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to the Native Plants Healthy Planet podcast presented by Pinelands Nursery. Remember to like, share, follow, and comment.